When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's the one thing all great teams have in common. Great coaching. Try to suck up to me, Andrew. Hey, Goldberg! I bet that talk was a cheese broken, you stop it! No, I agree. I would not be an acid physically. I have more of a podcast body. Clap! 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 It's the Quack Attack Podcast. Hey, everybody. Hey, Charlie. I'm Mike. Tommy's not here. Kevin's not here. But welcome to the Quack Attack Podcast, the Infinitive Mighty Ducks Podcast. I am back. Tommy and Kevin are not. But I wanted to still have an episode just because it, it had been three weeks. And we uh, we were out. We had we came back strong with Margo Finley, a.k.a. Linda from D3, if you haven't listened to that one. Well, some people are saying it's one of the best episodes we ever did. So don't take my word for it. Take theirs. Go back and listen to it. And yeah, I just didn't want to go another week without having a pod. Just because I love the pod. And that's why we're doing this solo. So Kevin is about to you know, spend the rest of the summer in Costa Rica, which is kind of like his thing now. So he's preparing for that. Tommy has some stuff at work. I do too, so that's why this pod is late. But I wanted to keep going um, and, and at least give you something because there there is a little bit of Disney drama that makes sense to us. But before we do that, uh, thanks for the kind words and the kind wishes. My family is good. My second daughter is good. Wife is good. Other daughter is good. So that is good news. We had a little bit of a scare there, but everybody's good and happy now. So we appreciate that. Um, housekeeping notes, trivia, trivia will continue. I just need some sort of, um, stability and some sleeping schedules for a one month old baby. So once she starts to figure out that I will continue the trivia because most of the time we're recording that at night. And I don't think you want like a crazy baby crying in the middle of, you know, people trying to figure out which Mighty Ducks character I'm thinking of. But let's move on now to the topic at hand. And that is, as I mentioned, some Disney drama, which may or may not affect my desk game changers. But let's get into it here. So there's a guy named Peter Rice. He was the chairman of Disney's entertainment and programming. Different articles give him different titles, but I think that's like the most generalist way to put it um he had signed an extension a few i think a few months ago or a few or year, about a year ago now he ends up getting fired and this guy is basically over all of disney's you know tv entertainment creative aspects and according to the hollywood reporter this meeting this dismissal took place in a seven minute meeting uh, Bob Chapik, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, he is the CEO of Disney. He basically told this guy, Peter Rice, that he was not a fit in the Disney culture. 
and dismissed him. People think that Peter Rice was trying to get Bob Chappick's job. Uh, Disney didn't say much. The anonymous sources came out, and that's where we get into Mighty Ducks and Mighty Ducks Game Changers. So there's a Wall Street Journal article by Joe Flint. And in that article, it says, quote, a senior Disney official cited Mr. Rice's decision to renew two struggling shows on the Disney Plus streaming service, The Mighty Ducks and Big Shop, as examples of questionable deal-making. Both shows cost more than $50 million and neither had shown the type of success that merited additional seasons, the official said. So as people tried to figure out, you know, why did this guy Peter Rice get fired, as I mentioned, they were thinking maybe he was going for the CEO job. Other people said it was just a lot of, you know, bad decisions and it was just um kind of a just different opinion that built up over time. But that was interesting that they cited A Mighty Ducks and B the show cost more than $50 million to make, which is um, impressive, I guess. Uh, assuming I'm reading this right, it says both shows cost more than $50 million. So I don't know if they're talking about both shows combined cost more than $50 million. The way I'm reading it is Mighty Ducks itself costs more than $50 million as well as Big Shot. Uh, the Mighty Ducks kind of makes sense. You know, they went to Vancouver. They had to build whole stadiums. Um, Big Shot is a... Sort of like a team drama with John Stamos and he's coaching a girls basketball team. I do not know how that would cost more than $50 million having watched the show. But anyway, apparently sports stuff costs more. So that's kind of crazy. Now, this whole thing about, you know, it not meriting additional seasons is kind of on the senior Disney official, you look at any metrics that are publicly available, Mighty Ducks Game Changers did pretty well on that. It wasn't, you know, people weren't, you know, setting their alarms and it wasn't the talk of the workplace, but it wasn't, that wasn't the goal, right? It was to get a new generation on the Mighty Ducks. And I think it did that. It got a younger crowd in. I think it was targeted toward the younger crowd. So, it's not like it was going to be a, a Game of Thrones thing where bored people in offices were going to be sitting around, you know, theorizing whether Evan was going to kid Sophie at the end or whatnot. So, um, yeah, obviously the opinion of an official, but it did seem like Mighty Ducks was having quite a successful first season and it was kind of a no-brainer to renew it, but... Again, this is just me speculating. I don't have any sort of inside info there. But this does lay out a certain possibility that this could be the last season of Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Because we have lost, apparently according to this anonymous senior Disney official, we have lost one of the show's biggest advocates in Peter Rice here. So... In Peter Rice's place is a woman named Dana Walden. She was the chairman of Walt Disney Television Studios before then and was one of Rice's lieutenants. So it's tough to really know if she was agreeing with Rice on Mighty Ducks or not. But there is something in flux here. And obviously with Emilio Estevez leaving, no Gordon Bombay. 
it's kind of like a, I feel like a do or die season here for my dice game changer. So um, if they do not come out strong, it's, it's from my, you know, amateur opinion in the cheap seats, if season two does not come out strong and match or probably exceed even season one, this could be the end. So a lot of pressure, no pressure on uh, Steve Brill or Kathy Yespa, or Josh Goldstein to turn this around because uh, I think a lot of internal drama happening as these shows come to light here. So the latest update from what I'm gathering is, is around September is Mighty Dust Game Changers. Season two is going to come out and we will go from there. But I am curious to curious to see how it all plays out. There's sort of a, a drama behind the drama, which is uh, getting even more interesting. This was not something that I expected going in as we started really covering Mighty Ducks Game Changers. But let's move on now. This is obviously going to be a shorter episode just because I'm sitting here talking to myself. So... It's a lot less fun when I don't have Tommy and Kevin. But don't tell them that. Don't tell them that. So let's go on to the quick question. This is a question, obviously, the spiel. You guys ask us questions on Facebook, on Twitter, through email, through the Discord. We pick the best ones, try to answer them. And our quack question today comes from at yaymister on Twitter. He says, would any Duck player receive cash salary or merchandise for the win in D2 or just Bombay? We have a scandal if the answer is yes. So a few different things here. I think obviously Bombay is cashing in. Bombay not only becomes the director of player personnel for the Junior Goodwill Games, but I I do think he's getting some endorsement deals. I think Hendrix sticks with him for at least a little bit, you know, rides that gold medal run out before Bombay sort of slides, I would say, more into the background as director of player personnel at the Junior Goodwill Games. Um, Yay Mister did do some research and says, if any duck receives money from Hendrix after D2, W, they can't play in any school hockey in Minnesota as based on the bylaws, they would be deemed pro. So potential money being stolen somewhere. So, yeah, I think it all depends on how this is set up. Because you have, obviously, you have sort of an an Olympics model where, you know, Michael Phelps is doing deals for Visa, but he can still, you know, be a quote-unquote amateur athlete i guess for the olympics i'm not entirely sure how that works but like kind of um i know i know like the hockey players technically can't get paid because they're they can't be quote-unquote professionals to play in the olympics but obviously they're making money from their teams and stuff like that so uh it's it's a very gray area in the olympics and then you also have like the I would say like the little league world series type deal where they're like, Hey, we're giving you exposure and we're giving you this great experience, but we're going to sell advertising to it and keep all the money. So I do not, I've not done the research here. So please someone 
correct me if I'm wrong, but it's not like these kids are getting money. They're not like these kids are getting paid for participating in the, in the Little League World Series, even though, you know, ESPN sells a bunch of advertising for it, broadcasts it live, that kind of stuff. I'm sure they give, you know, donations or some sort of grant money to the Little League Foundation that makes it there, whatever city makes it to the uh, World Series, whatever cities and, and countries, uh, obviously, as well. So I'm sure there's money exchanging place there, but I, I, I tend to think because this is a Hendrix deal and because there is no one really advocating for these kids and because we know the Junior Goodwill Games is a little shady, let's be honest. I, I tend to lean that way towards the Little League World Series aspect where there's money coming in. They're going to the coaches. It's going to Hendricks. It's going to broadcast rights and things like that. But these students aren't making anything uh, directly from the Junior Goodwill Games. I don't think they're getting any sort of cash bonus for winning it. I don't think they're doing anything like that. I think Hendricks and the Junior Goodwill Games are essentially like the NCAA to give another amateur aspect from it where they're just trying to pocket as much money as possible and, you know, give it to the adults to keep them happy. But we need to keep this children labor and like we need to keep our meal tickets down and we'll take the profits. The kids will play. We'll say it's a great experience and do it from there. I think the bigger question is, after the Ducks win, what happens? Are they getting, you know, cars from the local dealership when they turn 16? Are they getting a little, you know, cash to promote, you know, the local restaurant? There's a whole Goldberg's Deli aspect to this as well. You would figure they are capitalizing on their own son and maybe some other teammates. Uh, being so successful and you know being in USA Today and winning the gold medal, you would figure there's some sort of marketing they could do. I that's like a family business though. I do not know the bylaws there. I would think they don't get. It's not like they're gonna give Goldberg any money or any other players directly, but maybe they you know take the money or the extra cash that they get from this marketing campaign and put it in Goldberg's college fund. Or you know, distribute it to some of the parents under the table. I think that might be the low, the the most um, wholesome of the aspects here. I think there's a lot. I think like Dean Portman is taking money from record stores and things like that under the table to do signings. I think we have a whole you know autograph aspect here where people are paying money for that. Uh, for our American listeners, we a little bit of a, a Johnny Manziel situation before these NIL deals came into play. So a lot to think about here. I'm very curious what you guys think about with this. You know, how are the Ducks cashing in after they win in D2? And it, are they at all? Because we know we know Bombay's cashing in, both with a job and probably some, you know, extra Hendrix money. We know Hendricks cashing in just from the tournament and, you know, pumping these kids up in Hendricks gear. And 
we know, you know, adults are making money, but how much are the kids getting and how much of that is going to be legal and or found out later on? Because as EA Mister points out, we have a scandal if the answer is yes. There, I, I can see, you know, Eden Hall going for state championship 12, 13, 14. All of a sudden, there, there's an article in Let's Play Hockey about how their stud, Dean Portman and Fulton Reed, are actually pros. And they were taking money from their their D2 win. They were taking money from companies and businesses. And, oh, there was a car somewhere for you know Adam Banks. And he didn't realize it, but his dad did it under the table and, and got it for free. Yeah, a whole, a whole deal where, like, the... The advertisers are paying the parents for the likeness of these kids is a whole other aspect. There's there's a lot of uh, ways we can go now. I may have to table this the more I think about it and propose it to Tommy and Kevin and all of them. But that is um, something to think about because I, I'm curious your decision or your your thoughts on this from the quack lights like how much how much are they profiting off of this and before we go one last thing this comes from cats fan in ohio in the discord and i don't i don't know if this is a true quack question but this is more of an idea he says have y'all ever thought of having a meme contest amongst the quack lights have us create memes related to the series and hold a vote or something. I was on Twitter tonight and realized how many exist already, but also how many more should be made. I'm down. Send me your memes. We'll do like a bracket or, or some sort of voting contest. I have a favorite gif of Jack Riley flipping his collar that I created like when this first when this podcast first started. So that would probably be my favorite, but I am curious to see what you guys have con- what you guys can come up with memes gifts whatever you want to do anything internet related that's fun and silly please send it my way we can do some sort of bracket or just um maybe we'll just share them on twitter either way i'm down i like this idea a lot because we can use more mighty duck stuff on the internet uh i try my best you know to give you something almost every week when i'm not having a child um but we can do more we can really fill it up and there's a bunch of game changer stuff which i think i feel like there's lots of lines from game changers and lots of things that uh could be taken and turned into memes as well even though it's not you know the cultural touchstone that the mighty astrology could be but but maybe if you do a meme right you don't really need the context or you don't really need the source from it so Game Changers, the original trilogy, whatever you want to do, send me your memes. I'll put them out there. And with that, we will say thequackatech.com. Go there, contact us at quackatechpod on Twitter, facebook.com slash quackatechpod. Go to iTunes, give us five stars. Tell us whether you think the Mighty Ducks were taking money after winning the Junior Goodwill Games, and whether it was legal. And just want to stop it, because we have time, and say thank you to all of our producers, anybody who's ever donated to our show, 
We appreciate it. It's helped turn the lights on. It's helped grow the show. We continue to grow. I appreciate that a lot. So if you do become a producer, there's a link in the show notes. If you do become a producer, obviously you get the exclusive Quack Attack stickers. That's the only way to get the Quack Attack stickers right now. You becoming a producer, any producer level gets the Quack Attack stickers. Uh, if you are a producer and have not gotten the Quack Attack stickers, please email me. But yeah, you can you can know you can be a producer for one dollar a month, ninety nine cents a month. That's twelve bucks a year. If we have not given you twelve bucks a year of entertainment, I apologize. I'm sorry. I I've let you all down, but I think for most of you, twelve bucks a year, one buck a month, is uh, worth the price of keeping this going and helping us grow. But I do want to give a duck call, a shout out to all the producers who have already donated and continue to donate. Our executive producers: Elsie Barnett, Brian Burke, Alex Yabara, Josh Licht, Bobby Lemire, Rabbi. Lex Rothenberg, Aaron Davis, Ed Semia, Alex Vlahos, Joyce Ng, Matt Holwick, Matt Holtwick, and Narul Azam. Our regular producers, Deborah Chem, Jeremiah Bershey, Adam Ferry, Jared Beasley, Lisa Wobig, Anthony Geoffrey, Jeff Fanta, Stevie Yanks, J.D. Youngblood, Chris Garland, Sarah Mihalopoulos, Dave Deng, Wayne Perkins, and Matt Hoover. Again, if you want to join them, there's a link in the show notes. All you do there, click the link. It will direct you through. If you really can't figure it out, you know where to find me. But with that, remember, ducks fly together. The quick attack is back, Jack.